These Malazan books, man, they stick with you. But talking about them in a review, well, I find that I have to sit on them a bit before I'm truly ready to bring something coherent out here. Now this one, Knight of Knives, I'm ready now. Welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where a father and son talk about fantasy, science fiction, and other nerdy things we enjoy. This time, just Jim, the father of this show, with a full spoiler reaction, finally, to Knight of Knives, a novel of the Malison Empire by Ian C. Esselmont. If you enjoy what I have to share here today, I hope you'll let me know by hitting like down below and... If you're not a subscriber yet, please subscribe to our channel. It matters to us, and we value you joining our regular content coming out all over this channel. So, I have a new camera here. I'm not putting up a green screen today, just to highlight something I've noticed with my new camera. I do have a, a BookTuber background stuff behind me, but wow, you can see more of what's behind me with this camera, and yeah... Totally here, I need to put stuff. I already got my nice Game of Thrones sword over there. Uh, you know the name, right? Needle? Okay, anyways. Blank! Now I need to get more stuff. Maybe some books that are really classy on little floating shelves. I don't know, something, but it's coming. I'll work it out. If you have an idea, put it down in the comment box this Knight of Knives book. Ian C. Esselmont brought this out, his first contribution to the Malazan universe back in 2004. I actually thought of how to put this content together today while I was sleeping last night. Seriously, I woke up from a dream and this was kind of in my head already. And then as I'm just laying there, it all gelled and came together. And first thing I did today was put my notes down so I'd be ready to record. I hope this works. <laughs> this story is best described as a companion to go along with Malazan Book of the Fallen, the 10 core novels by Steven Erickson. I loved what Knight of Knives adds to the core series. It enriches our understanding of past events, certain key characters, and some of the magical mysteries of this world. Interestingly, this book can best be described as a flashback that contains a key flashback. That's right, layers within layers. And what it reveals is massive to my understanding of what's happening in Malazan Book of the Fallen. The events of the story all happen over 24 hours, mostly in Malaz City, birthplace of the Malazan Empire, Though the flashback within this flashback takes place over in seven cities outside the gates of Yucatan. The three core events that are covered here. Well, the first one, Emperor Kellenved and his right-hand man, Dancer, head of the secret organization of assassins known as the Talons, have been missing in action for some time. They've been off pursuing goals that no one really knows anything about. Basically, they led the creation of the Malazan Empire, but then struck out on some other agenda and kind of just left the empire to run itself. 
Into that leadership void stepped Surly, one of the other key players working hand-in-hand in in them right from the beginning days. Surly has contributed in other ways to the creation of the Malazan Empire, including making her own newer secret police-type organization, the Claws. Like Claws, not Claws, Santa Ho-Ho. Surly has been serving as regent ever since Kalan Ved went missing, ruling the empire in his stead. But during that time, she's taken some surprising moves, purging many of those who had been previously faithful to Kalan Ved, including some of the others who had been around from the beginning. She's eliminated a majority of the mages around the Empire, except those that work specifically for her as part of her claw organization. And she's eradicated the Talons. Dancers group, dancers gone, she's made the Talons gone. The Claws have completely supplanted them as the premier secret organization to keep everyone in order and to assassinate people from time to time. Kind of a other duty as required thing. She has recreated this organization of the Malazan Empire so that it is now her empire. But just as the regent doing her part. So in this book, Night of Knives, Kalanved and Dancer return to Malaz City as prophesied, depending on who you talk to. And it's a showdown right here in the castle between Kalanved and Dancer and Surly and her claws. The showdown's pretty short. And Kalanved and Dancer leap to their death rather than be killed. Or leap to an amazing escape rather than be killed. Which, well, death is the official story. Not everybody's sure that's really what happened. But since the official party line is that they're dead, Surly says, well, I don't have to be regent anymore. Now I may officially become Empress. And she renames herself Empress Lassine. Again, no more of this regent garbage. She is in charge. Get it straight, people. At least she thinks she's in charge. Oh, there's so much going on in the background here. And it's not going to be necessarily as easy as she thought it was. Okay, that's all the first part, the first event. I shouldn't say the first part. It's not like the first part of the book. It happens throughout the book, but that's the first key element of Night of Knives. Second, we get a key flashback to one of the most significant power moves that Surly made during the time as regent where she's manipulating things to get them lined up just the way she needs them. And that is the betrayal of the Sword of the Empire, Dasim Ultur, leading the armies of the Malazan Empire in battle over in seven cities outside the gates of Yigaton, Ultur, the undefeated, undisputed champion of Hood. So Death himself is taken down from behind by elements of the Claw so that he falls in battle. He's never fallen in battle the forces of the Malazan are the ones that make it happen. It's a massive betrayal. And while he's thought to be dead, we do learn he actually survives this incident, but allows himself to be believed dead. And he goes off into hiding, done with the world, as far as we know. And that's what most people think. Decimal Tur is no more. 
he is dead. We learn this flashback from a character in Knight of Knives who was one of his right-hand men right there at that final battle who saw with his own eyes what took place. Now, we had heard plenty about this incredible, undefeatable warrior in the core Malazan books, but it was just pieces and rumors and stories, and exactly what had happened to him was left a little vague, shaded in mystery. So seeing it laid out here in crystal clear clarity was incredible. I loved that part of this story. Finally, we have a third component here. We also see how some dangerous magical powers are in play under and behind everything that's happening in Mala's city on this particular night of our story. And we see a few key, very powerful magical beings who have somehow ducked and avoided the purges of the mages in the empire. These have kind of stayed on the down low, but are uber powerful, maybe not even human, rising up to defend the city, Malice City, and the island upon which it rests against horrific, powerful, magical forces that would destroy everything. I'm still not entirely clear about what all was going on there, but these circumstances drive home a key understanding about this whole Malazan series, which I will move on to now as I wrap up this episode. Okay, here's the deal. Knight of Knives has me believing there is way more going on here in this series than what most people believe, uh, and I'm, I'm referring to the people in the series, the characters. The Malazan series is told from the perspective, mostly, of secondary and tertiary characters. The key individuals who really know what's happening, yeah, we don't really get much of their POV. We may get a rare point of view from Kalanved or from Lacine, but it's a fleeting blip. And it doesn't reveal the core secrets in their heads, just little perspectives to add a little flavor to the story here and there. But I do believe there are some clues revealed in the series and highlighted in this book that give me the following beliefs. Three things. Number one, Kalanved and Dancer, they did not go off on some goose hunt just on a personal whim or out of boredom. We conquered the world. Now we need a new challenge. No, 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 no. They somehow discovered or became somewhat aware of a threat to all existence that was far beyond and greater than the petty level of war and politics. So they left their positions to pursue a gambit to gain the power and position to possibly stop what was coming or help the world be in position to stop it or survive it. And this included ascending to another level of existence. Two, the magical secondary story of Knight of Knives, th these magical users, maybe human, maybe not, holding off forces. Okay, this is doubling down on our understanding that there are far greater world-threatening events in play than just who's in charge of the Malazan Empire. That's like nothing by comparison. That's what we're supposed to understand. So finally, Surly. Now Empress Lacine in charge of the Malazan Empire? Yeah, I think she's just playing her role. She looks to have overthrown Kalanved, 
but I've come to believe she's doing so out of necessity and is actually in collusion with Kalanved and Dancer. This is part of an overall strategy in which they devised together was necessary that she goes all in and makes it look like she's grasped power for herself and overthrown them. It could not be known for some reason, and, and no clues could be given so someone could discern it, that they're working together. That's what I think is going on. She truly has to be seen as overthrowing them. And so that's why they came back to the island that evening. It was part of the plan. They had to be seen as being killed by Surly so that Empress Lacine officially rises to full power. She hasn't stolen anything. That's my belief. She is leading the Empire with their full consent. All part of some daring master plan, which with far bigger stakes. And Surly, Lacine, she fully understands. She knows what's going on. She's playing her part. In fact, her part means she needs to look like the bad guy. It's pulling attention away from where it might otherwise turn. And I believe in the end, it's going to all be made clear. But I'm not to the end of this series yet. Nothing I shared here goes beyond what's contained in the first six books of Malazan, Book of the Fallen, and then Night of Knives. So I could be completely wrong. Some of you are like, Jim, wow, you nailed it. Others are like, Jim, you have no idea, you bloody fool. <laughs> and I hope you enjoy it whichever way that is. I'm going to keep on going. I'm looking forward to discovering, was I onto something? Was I following a red herring? I don't know, but it's going to be great to find out. Again, if I've entertained you with my postulating, be sure to hit that like below and subscribe if you haven't done so. Also look in the show notes. Other ways you can interact with Zach and I on Twitter, on our Discord server. There's an invite there, other social media links and even our Patreon page. We have a few faithful Patreon supporters that help us cover the costs of things like a new camera that I had here today to try to bring the best possible quality to you for our episodes. Thank you, Patreon supporters. That's where I'll stop today. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next time.